Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather each Sunday morning at 10.30 as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now here's this week's message from Hollyview Church as Pastor Joel preaches a special Easter message from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35, entitled, Walking with the Risen Jesus. Well, uh, can you imagine coming to a service like this for the resurrection, uh, and at, at you're hearing about the resurrected Jesus, and on your way out, you meet this Middle Eastern uh, Jewish guy who greets you at the door, which is probably not a, a too far-fetched, uh, someone greeting you at the door, but he starts asking you questions and walking with you on your way to your car. Uh, and what if that Middle Eastern Jewish man, what if he was Jesus? And he was walking with you. And what if you didn't go to your car? What if you just uh, kept walking around the property? And then the next few hours just spent time uh, walking with Jesus. What would that be like? What, what questions would you ask Jesus? What, what questions do you think he would ask you? I think those few hours would change your life. Uh, one of the questions I even have is, would you even recognize if it was him? If he didn't tell you, hey, I'm Jesus, would you even know it's him? The things that he said, the way that he walked, the care that he gave, would you recognize it was, it was Jesus? Well, for the next few minutes, I just want to spend a little bit of time telling you a story of a couple of people who walked with Jesus on the day he resurrected uh, the past few days in Jerusalem had been some of the most violent, uh, chaotic days that they had ever seen. It was the Passover in Jerusalem, and on that day, foreigners from all over would come to Jerusalem. At the end of the Passover, they would say, next year in Jerusalem, in the hopes that they could go to Jerusalem. Well, Jerusalem on that week had been uh, full of uh, millions of people in the city, crowded together to celebrate uh, this holiday that the Jews would celebrate every year. It, it would be like our Independence Day, the 4th of July. It's the day they got their freedom. They were slaves in Egypt, and Moses, or God raised up this anointed one, this chosen one named Moses, who led them out of slavery and into freedom. And so every year as they celebrated the Passover, they had hopes that maybe this year they would get their freedom again. Now, it wasn't Egypt that they were in bondage to now. It, during Jesus' time, it was the Romans. And on that Passover, that week, there was this buzz in the air that maybe this was the year that God had chosen someone to bring us freedom. You see, there was this guy from Galilee, way up north, who had made his way down with this small band of people. His name was Jesus. And this Jesus, he, he was like teaching with power, healing people. There was, there was something different. God had his hand on this guy, Jesus. Maybe Jesus would be the one to bring them freedom, redemption. He had come down all the way from Galilee with people who had given up careers and dreams and even family to give everything to follow Jesus. <clears throat> 
And so the week before, when he enters Jerusalem on its donkey, just like the promised kings had so long before, they thought, now's the time. This is the year. This is the year we get our freedom. Jesus is here, and we're going to experience, we're going to experience redemption for Israel. Well, you can imagine then the disappointment on those who had given up so much to follow Jesus when they arrested him, beat him, put him on a cross and killed him. Then they laid him in a tomb. Those people who were following Jesus, they had to have the questions in their mind, is this it? Maybe he wasn't the Messiah. Several people scattered and went away. This movement is over. It's not happening. Other people hid in homes because they didn't want the same fate to happen to them that happened to their rabbi. So they just, they just hid in, in homes. One of those groups that hid was some of Jesus' closest friends, his disciples. They were waiting in a room all together, not knowing what to do next. So they waited. They were hoping something on the third day would, would happen, but they didn't know what it, would, what it would be. That morning, a couple of the women rose up early, probably couldn't sleep, to anoint Jesus' body with spices and oils. They got up and made their way in the quiet of the morning to the tomb, and they couldn't believe their eyes. This huge stone that they had no idea how they were going to roll, the stone was rolled away, and the tomb was empty. They couldn't believe it. So they ran back to that room where the disciples and Jesus' friends were. And they tell him, the tomb, it's open and he's gone. Well, I think they probably just discounted it a little bit. You know, you're just in so much grief and shock. I don't think you really know what's going on. That can't be it. Don't you know how big those stones are? There's Roman guards out there. What are you talking about? Maybe you went to the wrong tomb. Until Peter goes, okay, I'm going to go find out for myself. So he runs and sees the tomb is empty as well. And comes back and tells the people, it's right, the tomb is empty. There is no one there. And then this discussion starts happening in this room. Well, what happened then? I mean, if the tomb's empty, and some people say, well, maybe he resurrected. No, that's impossible. I'm sure the Romans must have come, taken his body to squelch any, any movement of this revolution that was happening. They, they just came and took his body, and now we don't even know where to go to find his body. Well, as they're discussing this in this room with all these people packed in, there, there was two of them in this room that go, you know what, it's over. I can't take it anymore. There's too much confusion. I don't know what it is. We don't even know where his body is even anymore. I'm done. It's over. There's no more hope. We've waited for three days, and he's gone. So they announced to the group, hey, we're going we're gonna to leave. I mean, it's getting so scary out there anyway. It's not safe for any of us here. If they catch us that we're Jesus followers, they're going to they're gonna execute us too. We're done. We're going to go home. And I, I can only imagine the discussion that would have happened then. You're going to go home now? After Jesus did all this stuff to you, you're just going to give it up. And then responded, we're like, well, what are we supposed to do? Like, we don't even know where his body is at. The tomb is empty. It's over. We can't do anything else. We're just going to go. They're like, okay, fine. Then just go. Just leave. So they pack up some things and make their way through the streets of Jerusalem to the west side of the city, 
to where a road would converge and it would head to the west to a city called Emmaus. There at the mouth of the the road, they'd be joined by other people because you wouldn't want to walk those roads alone. There was safety in numbers. You'd want to keep in the crowd, especially on the barren wilderness where there's thieves and, and robbers. Those two who had just lived through such an emotional week and leaving all those Jesus followers behind and going away with no hope. I can only imagine the emotions that it must have been inside of them as they're processing what has just happened and what do we do now? All those emotions just rising in them as they're in this group, probably just putting their heads down and going, we just we want to stay in the group, but we want to just be by ourselves. And then someone comes up to them and, and says, hey, what are you guys talking about? That person was Jesus. But the Bible says that, that their eyes kept them from recognizing who it was, that, that it was Je- the risen Jesus right in front of them. And that question that Jesus asked them, what are you talking about? Just stopped them in their tracks. They just stood still. Those emotions now just boiling over. You could see tears welling up in their eyes as they're recalling everything that they've just lived through. The discussions that they just had with their best of friends that they had given up, they have no more hope. Feeling the anger, the disappointment, the frustration, the confusion, the sadness. I think it's important for us to know in this story that the risen Jesus... The day that he is resurrected from the grave, the day that he conquers death and sin, his first act is to go after two guys who had given up, who who were broken, who had no more hope, who are full of doubts and fears. The risen Jesus first went to people walking away. With no hope. And on that day that he resurrected, he is going to spend hours walking with these two lost sheep of Israel going the wrong way. And he's going to gently, patiently reveal who he is to them. And they still won't recognize him for a long, long, long time. So I don't know where you're at this morning, where you came from. If this is normally where you'd come to to church, that's great. Maybe you came to church early on when you were a little kid and then kind of walked away. Maybe something in the church hurt you or, or someone in the church was really kind of a disappointment for you. So you've walked away from the church. Maybe you're here this morning that you've only come because mom and dad ask you, which is great. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I hope I hope it goes by fast. And I, But I also hope you get something from this. Because I want to tell you that the heart of the risen Jesus this morning, it, it first seeks out those people who are walking away from him. Who are broken, who have no hope, who are full of doubts and fears and pain. That the heart of the risen Jesus has been with you. He's walked through that pain and that brokenness and that despair with you. You have not walked alone. He is with you. Jesus walks with the broken, the hurting, the lonely, the scared, graciously revealing who he is to them. Well, back to our story, though. 
Because Jesus has asked these people, what are you talking about? And all these emotions rise up. And they're like, they respond almost like irritated or annoyed. Like, are you just, are you pulling our legs? Like, why, are you just playing with us? Have you just, are you just now getting to Jerusalem? You don't know of any, you don't know of anything that has happened here. And Jesus says, well, what, what, what happened? I say, okay, if you really don't know, I'll tell you. There was this guy named Jesus. He was a prophet. He, he had his, God's hand was on him. He taught with like power. He, he was so generous and kind and merciful. And our rulers, who we look up to, who are supposed to lead us, they actually like handed him over to be crucified and they killed him. They put him in the grave. The heart of the risen Jesus has been walking with them. We had hoped, they said, that he was going to come to redeem Israel. The idea of redemption and the Passover go hand in hand because that's what happened at when Moses came and redeemed the people, brought them out of slavery back again. We had thought, we had hoped that he was going to redeem Israel, but now he's dead. Now with their eyes still blinded, Jesus responds. And I want to pick up our story in Luke 24. This is on page 831 of your pew Bible if you want to follow along. Luke, Luke 24, beginning in verse 25. Jesus responds to these men who are confused, lost, broken, full of doubts and fears. And he says, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. They're standing there talking to the risen Jesus, and they don't get it. They don't see him. And rather than Jesus going, hey, it's me. Don't you see? It's me. Look at me. It's me. Rather than doing that, instead, he takes them and opens up the scrolls to them and says, let me tell you about this Hebrew Bible, the story of the Messiah. And he opens up these stories to them uh, that actually makes the Old Testament very simple. Uh, it's just three points, really. He tells them the story of the Old Testament over and over and over again is about God choosing someone, this anointed one, who then suffers and then is glorified. A, a Messiah, a Christ, an anointed one, a chosen one who suffers and then is glorified. He tries to tell them uh, through this long journey with them as he's opening up the scriptures that suffering is a part of the story. That what you've just experienced, what just happened with Jesus, it, it hasn't gone off the rails. God isn't like, oh no, what do I do now? This is part of the story. That you should expect suffering. It's part of the plot line of the story. Well, they, they expected the Messiah to come. And when that Messiah came, he would come with power and he would come with victory. He would beat the Romans. He would drive it out. He would usher in this new season of peace and prosperity to all of Israel. But Jesus was arrested, beaten, and killed. So Jesus, as he opens up the Hebrew Bible to them, tries to get them to see, if you could see the suffering of the Messiah, 
then maybe your eyes would be open to see the glorified Messiah, the exalted Messiah. Uh, It's so often when suffering comes, when pain or things that don't seem to work out like they should, that we ask, where's God in this? When things aren't working out like they should, why am I in pain? Why do do bad things happen to good people? That's not how the storyline is supposed to go. And when we're wrestling with that, we actually become like those two on the road to Emmaus. We become blind to see the risen Jesus walking right there with us. Could it be, just is it a possibility, that the risen Jesus has been right beside you these past days and months and year, and in fact your whole life? And maybe you've just been blind to see who he really is, to recognize him. Because if he was there, if he was walking beside you, uh, I think he would do just like he did with these two. And he may not go, look at me, don't you see me, don't you see me? I think instead he would go, let me tell you the story of the Hebrew Bible. Let me tell you the story of my words. And he would open the Bible with them, and he would show them how he's arranged the world, who he's made them to be, what their purpose and meaning is in life, what, how he's arranging all this stuff so that they would have hope. He'd walk beside those who are lost and alone and scared. Well, I would have, I would have loved to have been on that road and listened to that Bible, Bible study. The kingdom of God is finally here, and the first task that he does, is to spend hours walking with lost sheep. He's finally installed as king of the universe. He has beaten sin and death and everything. And the first thing that he does, he walks with these two lost people. What what kind of king does that? He doesn't even go to the house where all those people were waiting for him in Jerusalem. They're all waiting for him. All right, Jesus, we're here. We've stayed faithful, but he doesn't go to that house. He goes to these two that are lost going the wrong way. And I think that's where you'll find the risen Jesus, walking with the discouraged, the lonely, gently, graciously revealing who he is to them. Well, those hours of conversation, it was a seven-mile Seven-mile track, probably taking two, three, maybe even four hours. Hours of conversation. They fly by, and they finally arrive at Emmaus, at the town. And there, Jesus kind of uh, pretends like he's just going to go on. So he's like, hey, I guess this is where we, we, part, we part ways. And the decision just kind of lingers. This is where we part ways? We got so many more questions to ask. We got so many more things we're searching and looking for. We're, we're not settled yet. So they, so they ask this man who they don't recognize as Jesus still after hours of walking with him, hey, would you stay and eat with us? Stay here for the, for the night with us. Now you can imagine a king so important with so much to do. I mean, the whole world's broken and he's got to fix it, right? I mean, he's all those people back in Jerusalem that are waiting for him. And these people say, would you stay and eat with us? And what does he do? He's like, sure, I'll spend some more time with you. After three hours of not recognizing him and they invite him in, would you, would you stay a little longer? He says, yeah, I'll stay with you. I'll stay until I reveal who I am, and you recognize it. Let's pick up our story in Luke 24 and verse 30. It says, when he was at 
at the table with them. He took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, we felt, we felt that. I, I knew, I knew there was something. Did, our not, did not our hearts like burn within us while he talked with us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. Jesus, the risen Jesus, is walking with these guys for three hours, and they still don't recognize him, and he's opening up scriptures to them. He's saying, don't you see the story? The chosen one suffers and is glorified. The chosen one has suffered and glorified. You don't see it over and over. The whole Old Testament is pretty simple. God chooses someone, they suffer, and then he raises them. He glorifies them, and he exalts them. Do you see that story? Oh, you don't yet? Okay, well, why don't you stay and let's have a meal together? Okay. And so Jesus, he's a guest in their home, right? He's invited to their home. And yet the scripture says he's the one that took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and gave it to them. And then their eyes were open. You get it? He, he took the bread, he, he broke it. He gave it to them. Did you get it? I mean, just a few days ago, he had been in the upper room with all his disciples and he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and said, this broken bread is a symbol of my body that's going to be broken for you. And that, no, that's not what a Messiah does. Uh, the anointed comes and is glorified. Everything is power and like, might and you victory. That's what the Messiah comes and he's victorious. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. The Messiah comes, he suffers, and is glorified. And when he took the bread and blessed it and broke it, gave it to them, they go, Jesus. I, it didn't make sense. I, I, I get it now. Their eyes were open. They had spent half a day walking and talking with Jesus. Can you imagine that conversation after he disappears? What? That was Jesus. That whole time it was Jesus. And we didn't even see it. Can you believe it? Can you imagine the laughter that they would have had? Do you remember when I said that to Jesus? Oh, I can't believe it. How patient he was with us. How kind he was. The risen Jesus just walked with us for three hours. And then came and ate with us. What kind of king does that? And so their hearts that had gone from sadness when they left Jerusalem were now like boiling over with like excitement and hope and love. They couldn't sit still. So that very hour, they're like, we got to follow Jesus. We got to go after him. We got to go. And, And so they pack their things and they head back to Jerusalem. I can only imagine what their families must have been like. You just got back. Like, where, where are you going? And they're like, Jesus. We think he's going to be in Jerusalem. We know where the other Jesus followers are. We're going back there. We're going to go see Jesus. Well, he disappears. And they say, let's follow him. Let's go to Jerusalem. Let's give it all up. It's true. Well, that trip back from Emmaus to Jerusalem, uh, that must have been just awesome. 
as they retrace the steps that they had walked with Jesus, connecting the stories that Jesus had told them. Now that they see that Jesus is the risen Messiah, they connect all those stories. Remember Joseph? Remember we told us about Joseph? Do you remember him? This guy that God anointed, like he was chosen. He goes to his own people, like his own family, and they want to like kill him. And so they sell him off. He ends up in jail. They think he's gone. They think he's dead. And the next thing you know, we find Joseph at the right hand of the king. Do you remember Moses? Remember when he told us about Moses? Remember, God chose Moses to, to save his people, but he lived through su- such like slavery, even born into slavery, even though he was raised to the, the house of the king. And then he's kicked out, and for 40 years he's in, the, he's in the wilderness. And then he comes back, and then God uses this flawed man mightily to save the people. Wow, a Messiah that was suffering and then exalted. Remember David? Just young David, he, he was just a shepherd boy. I mean, he was nothing to look at. And, and then he's anointed king. And then he has to like run for his life for years. And he humbly does until he is inaugurated as king of Israel and unites the people. And they think, we got, I get it. I get it. They see that Jesus had come to suffer and die and then be exalted and resurrected. Jesus is alive, and that changed everything for these two. So they run back, and they come to the room where the disciples had gathered. Imagine, imagine the nerves coming back to a place where you just said, hey, we're out of here. We, don't, we, we think it's over. We don't want to have any, like, we're done. But all these people, they stuck there. They were faithful, Right? It's like this prodigal son coming back home. And he comes to them, and they say this in Luke 24 and verse 33. And these two, they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together. They're still there. And they said, the Lord has risen indeed. And he's appeared to Simon when the women came back, they said, the Lord's, the Lord's risen, the tomb's empty. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We don't really believe it. They walk out of Jerusalem, and when they see and experience and have fellowship with the risen Lord, and their eyes are open to see, they say, he is risen indeed. And so when we say, he is risen, he is risen that means, I'm not just saying it back to you. That means that I have been on my own journey. I have walked away from the Lord. I had fears. I had doubts. I'm not the, I'm not the greatest guy. But I experienced the Lord, and I'm following him now. I know Jesus is alive. And so you say, he is risen indeed. You don't say, yeah, yeah, I get it. You don't say, sure, that's right. Uh, he is risen. Okay. You say, he is risen indeed because they've had their own experience with them. Well, the risen Jesus is still alive and walking today. He's walking with the lost, the lonely, those who have turned their backs and walked away. Jesus is patiently there. And so if you're here this morning and you've walked away from the Lord, he's been with you that whole time. And he wants to slowly and graciously reveal who he is to you. And so maybe, just maybe, you've been looking for Jesus in the wrong place. Maybe you're like those two, uh, 
those two people that were leaving Jerusalem going, yeah, I thought this was going to be how it was, but it's not, so I'm done. I thought, I thought the Christian life was supposed to be much easier than this. For me, the Christian life was like, I accept Jesus, my dog come back, my marriage is perfect, my kids fully obey, I'm rich, and I'm healthy. And when things don't... <laughs> and, when, and when things don't go like that, we go, where's Jesus? And Jesus would respond, let me take you to the Word. Let me show you. I'm right here. Patiently revealing himself. Well, maybe he's right there with you this morning, walking in your pain. Maybe he's drawing you to see in his word. Maybe, just maybe, if you can't see Jesus, you just need to spend a couple hours walking with him, listening to him, looking to his word. Well, those two go back to Jerusalem, to that uh, awkward return as like this prodigal son, and they say he is risen indeed. He walked with us. And when we had that decision on what to do, whether we follow him or whether we let him go, we decided to give it all up and to follow him. And so that's my prayer for you this morning. I don't know where you're at, if you've just been walking with Jesus for a long time uh, and you're just going through the motions and, and the risen Jesus is right there going, hey, I'm right here. Come get to know me. Uh, or maybe you've turned your back and you're just back in the church for the first time or you haven't been here very long and you're feeling like, I don't really deserve to be here. Yeah, none of us do. But we're all welcome because the heart of the risen Jesus is to go after the lost, the lonely, the scared, the broken. If you came this morning with some pain or some burden or, or you're like, I just, don't, I just don't see it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I want to invite you to take a step further. Uh, we can give you a Bible and tell you some places to read. I'd love to like talk with you about it. And if you're at that point where you're like, yep, I get it. I see him. I want to give my life to Jesus. Boy, we'd love to pray with you this morning. It's a journey. Uh, it's, you're, everything is not going to be fixed. Uh, but you'll see and you'll walk with the risen Jesus this morning. Let me pray. Lord, I pray that everyone who comes here this morning, as we leave this place, they, they wouldn't leave alone. They would recognize you are walking with them back into the hurts of their lives, the, uh, the divorce, the loneliness, the brokenness, the feeling like I, I just have so many doubts. Lord, uh, would they recognize that you are there walking with them? That the risen Jesus walks with those who are uh, lonely and broken and contrite. And Lord, would you open their eyes so that they could see you? And Lord, would we uh, celebrate just like those two people did coming back from Emmaus? We've seen him. He's risen indeed. It changes everything. It gives us hope and freedom and forgiveness and redemption. They can get back to their uh, community of Jesus followers there in Jerusalem, that, that they can have community and purpose and meaning and hope again, all because you have resurrected. And Lord, now as we turn to respond in worship and singing, Lord, I pray that our hearts too would burn within us as we see the risen Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon. Or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word, to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church.